0: You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in Your Daily Star Trek News. Today is Saturday, November 20th, 2021. Coming up on the show today, there is hope yet, hopefully, (laughs) for a Star Trek Deep Space Nine HD remaster. Uh, There's a newly announced theme park in China that's getting a Star Trek land Lavar Burton is moving on from Jeopardy in a, a trivial way, and yes, I will discuss the international incident that is Discovery being pulled from Netflix just days ahead of the Discovery season four premiere. Uh, my name is Allison Pitt, and this show is supported by people like you through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Right now, if you are listening to me on the podcast today, I would once again like to invite you to join us over on the YouTube live stream. This happens every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Um, I do the news. Uh, We do a little bit of Star Trek show and tell, which I'm actually not going to do today uh, for a good reason. Uh, And we also do the results of today's poll. I'm going to get on to the poll in just a second. But before we get going too far, I just want to remind everybody that all of the stories that we talk about today are on daily Trek We've got the full articles, the links to the original sources, there's more pictures, more videos, And then we also have some uh, extra special features on the website like the weekly events listing and some Star Trek history every week as well. So please go and check that out. It's dailystartreknews.com. Now, I did tell you about a poll today So today's poll, which is also live on Twitter, so you can go and uh, vote in that on Twitter at uh, at Daily Trek News on Twitter. Uh, The poll is, (laughs) after LeVar Burton slash Trivial Pursuit, I'll tell you about that in a second, uh, what other Star Trek actor and game show combination would you most like to see? Uh, Now our four options are, number one, Gates McFadden and Operation. Uh, Number two, Michael Dorn and (laughs) Battleship. (laughs) Uh, Number three, Armin Shimmerman and Monopoly. Uh, And number four, William Shatner and Risk. Uh, Please vote early and often. Um, (laughs) We had a tremendous amount of fun in my house last night trying to come up with the options here. Uh, But yeah, I hope you'll pick one. Uh, Once again, uh, you have the choice between Gates McFadden Operation, uh, Michael Doran and Battleship. Armin Shimmerman and Monopoly or William Shatner and Risk. Uh, there's a poll in the chat here on YouTube, and you can also vote on that on uh, Twitter at Daily Trek News. Right. So today's show, I, I mentioned I'm not gonna do show and tell today, and that's because um, I I'm gonna I don't usually do that much like opinion-based stuff on this show. I try to keep it more or less just to the news so you know what's going on. Um, but you know. Peoples have had lots of opinions this week about the uh, Discovery and Netflix fiasco. So we will talk about that really briefly uh, at the beginning of the show, and then I'm gonna share some of my thoughts and some of my background on it uh, at the end. That way, if you don't wanna hear that from me, you can just turn it off. Um, But it also allows me for those of you who are watching live, I can uh, answer some questions in the chat as well and uh, make it a little more interactive. So stick around to the end. We'll talk uh, in great detail uh, about Netflix and Discovery. but uh, that won't that won't be at the beginning. And there's no show until today. Sorry. All right, so let's um, <laughs> let's just get into it with the biggest news story of the week and possibly the biggest news story of the year. Uh, so rumors started flying around Tuesday, possibly before that, maybe on Monday. Um, people uh, outside of the United States were getting worried because there was no like, hey, this show's going to start on Netflix. Rumors abound, and you know, I'm cautious about rumors. uh, But then people started getting in touch with folks at Netflix who said, Oh, nope, there's no date yet, there's no date. And then the story dropped on deadline. Netflix (laughs) was dropping Star Trek Discovery as of Midnight Tuesday. All of Discovery, seasons one through three, not showing season four. Starting, as, so it's technically midnight Wednesday, between Tuesday and Wednesday. So, uh, for, for folks um, overseas in Europe, they had, you know, mere hours' notice. Um, fun fact is not enough time to watch all of seasons one through three of Discovery. Um, and, you know, they, they actually got in touch with somebody at Viacom CBS who said, yes, that's correct, Discovery was coming off. Netflix. Uh, it was a uh, sudden and, of course, quite a shock to uh, international fans, and it was also a shock to the people that are actually in Star Trek Discovery. Many of them had been at uh, Destination Star Trek London just literally two days before pushing the show, pushing season four. They had a trailer. They had, you know, they were doing their publicity rounds, um, and they didn't know about it. Um, Anthony Rapp actually did a really great thread talking directly to Star Trek Discovery fans and explaining um, from their perspective what happened. Uh, He said, I don't pretend to understand how these sorts of deals for international rights are made or unmade. I will say I wish we'd all been told that this was coming so we could have braced ourselves and then we could have helped spread the word to all of you. Uh, So it really sounds like everyone was kept in the dark. Um, my perception of the situation was that, you know, I mean, they were running out of time, but the, the announcement coming through deadline after rumors had started flying felt a little bit like uh, the, the Viacom CBS people were a little bit on the back foot there. Um, but they did uh, eventually uh, put out a statement on Twitter, and here's what they said. We know you are anxious to hear our plans for Season 4, so we wanted to update you. Internationally, the upcoming season of Star Trek Discovery Season 4 will now premiere exclusively where Paramount Plus is available in early 2022. This means the new season and all previous Discovery seasons will be available internationally in 2022 as Paramount Plus expands globally. In the U.S., Star Trek Discovery will still be premiering on November 18th on Paramount Plus, in Canada on CTV Sci-Fi Channel on November 18th and streamed on Crave beginning November 19th. We sincerely thank you for all your patience and support as we grow the Star Trek universe on Paramount Plus. We can't wait to show you what's in store. Let's fly. Um, needless to say, that didn't come met with a lot of love. Um, I, you know, I don't. How do you how do you deliver bad news? At least they were upfront about it. Um, the, the gist of everything that's happening is basically, uh, it was widely expected that Discovery season four would be carried on Netflix as it has been for the past three seasons, and now it won't be. It's going exclusively to Paramount+, Plus, which does not exist yet, <laughs> um, outside of a very couple of uh, very niche markets. Um, they have said that they expect it to expand into Europe in 2022, but there's no firm date. And of course, um, for those of you in countries who are not in Europe or maybe smaller countries around the world, you'll know that there are no current plans to expand Paramount+. Plus. And um, with Netflix reaching, what is it, 180 countries, most of those people are going to be cut off from Star Trek Discovery entirely. So not a great look for the Star Trek franchise uh, this week, um, but that is kind of where we are with it. Um, you know, I don't, there's not much more. Well, there is actually a lot more to say. Uh, I personally know that a lot of people are really devastated by this news. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it at the end of this show. Uh, But for now, the key things to take away are that Star Trek Discovery is no longer available on Netflix, and it won't be. Uh, The next time you'll see Star Trek Discovery outside of the US and Canada, it'll be on Paramount Plus in early 2022. All right, I'm going to move on, so I have time at the end. <laughs> that was the super depressing news. Maybe some less depressing news. So also at Destination Star Trek London last week, um, John Van who's the, uh, I always get his title wrong, uh, Vice President of Star Trek Brand Management, John Van Sitters, um, He was quoted by Trek Central, who were there on site, he was quoted by them as saying in a panel that the Voyager and Star Trek Deep Space Nine uh, HD remasters quote-unquote will happen at some point. This they put out on Twitter, which of course immediately blew up, um, and uh, as it would because I know people have been clamoring for uh, an HD remaster of those shows forever. Uh, John Van Sitter's himself replied to the tweet to clarify, and he said, To be fair, I think I said, I believe it will happen at some point, and no one wants it more than I do. Um, Effectively, this is not a story, (laughs) but it's something that people have been talking about, so I wanted to tell you about it as well. Um, The idea of a a, uh, DS9 and Voyager uh, remaster is particularly problematic, and there's some technical reasons for that. it was uh, treknews.net back in 2017 did a very, very, very good breakdown of uh, of the technical complexities about why it's so hard to remaster those. Um, and I'm very badly paraphrasing it, but it's basically because... Um, in order for them to, re- they can't just take the original footage and upscale it or whatever. They would have to uh, take the original original footage uh, and recut, literally re-edit every piece of that entire series, um, and it's just technically complicated and uh, probably wouldn't return the money that they wanted it to. So it's you know at the time in twenty seventeen it was like that's never gonna happen, but you know, technology, uh, we've seen some really good AI kind of upscales before. So who knows? Um, and this story that happened, this actually happened last weekend. It it is true that John Van Sitters said he believes it will happen at some point. Um, that's not an indicator that it's happening. I just want to point that out. It's not an indicator that it's not, Uh, but in, but we really won't know anything until we know something, um, Still, you know, keep the hope alive, I guess, for those of you uh, Niners and Voyager fans out there who, who want to see that in better uh, high definition. One thing that I will point out is, of course, they have done some of that work in the Deep Space Nine documentary, and they're going to do some of it again, I believe, in the Voyager documentary. Uh, so look out for those. Right, so I'm going to change tack completely. And we're actually moving away from like actual Star Trek series news. Uh, and there was a new theme park that was announced this week in China that's going to have a Star Trek section, which is um, I don't plan on traveling to China anytime soon. However, um, what I'm hoping is that all these places do super, super well. And then we can get uh, a Star Trek theme park back in the United States. Um, and uh, I, yeah, that's what I want. Uh, the long story short here. um They have done this type of thing before, kind of. There was one that was meant to open in, uh, forgive me, I can't remember where the, uh, the, there was one that was gonna open before uh, that actually got closed. I, I can't I can't remember where it was. Um, it was due to be very something very similar. It was a Paramount Park that was going to have a Star Trek area and it kind of never made it to construction. So whether this one will, I, it's hard to say. This announcement was made. Uh, well, Variety reported that the announcement was made by the Chinese government. So um, presumably there's um, funding behind it. This new resort, um, which is going to be called Yay, I'm prepared today. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Um, The new resort in Kunming, China will cost $8 billion and encompass more than 640 acres. It's going to become China's third largest themed resort behind Universal Beijing and Disneyland Shanghai. Uh, Construction is expected to be completed in June of 2024, uh, but We don't know uh, a projected future date. And we don't actually know what that'll look like. They didn't come attached with any um, pictures or anything. Uh, There was the description that we got um, was that uh, the the Star Trek themed area is going to be called Final Frontier. Um, And all we've got is some artist renditions of uh, previous proposed Star Trek lands but we'll keep an eye on it. 2024 is um, surprisingly close and it just keeps getting closer. So I will let you know more about that when I do. And our final story today, because it was kind of a quiet week, uh, (laughs) except for, you know, the Netflix and Discovery thing. Um, LeVar Burton has totally moved on, uh, which is wonderful. Um, So I spent weeks and weeks and weeks telling you about the search for the new host for Jeopardy and why it should be LeVar Burton and how there was the petition. I mean, this is going back till, what, November of last year? Um, he even did his uh, trial week and it was met with quite a lot of outrage when he was not offered the position. And of course, the guy who it was offered to ended up stepping down amid scandal. And now, eh, whatever, um, LeVar Burton is not doing Jeopardy. Um <laughs> And he would like you to know that he's not doing Jeopardy if you read his Twitter feed. I won't repeat. Um, But it was announced this week um, via Variety again that uh, LeVar Burton is is in development for a uh, new television game show based off of Hasbro's Trivial Pursuit. So um, he's moving from uh, one game show to potentially a a different, more exciting one. So he's very excited about that. Tara Long, who's the president of global unscripted television for E1, they're the the production company that are developing it. Uh, She said of LeVar Burton, his love for intellectual curiosity paired with his ability to connect with audiences worldwide, make him the perfect partner to bring Hasbro's beloved trivia game to households in a new and exciting way. Um, so, like I said, that is being developed by E1. There's not currently a network attached to it, uh, but uh, I, 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 <laughs> they've got to be just wrangling over price, right? How do you. <sighs> I I would be speechless if that didn't get picked up because it's LeVar Burton. He's got a built-in audience and people trust him and love him. So all the best to LeVar Burton. That's very exciting news. And of course, uh, that's the the topic of our poll this week. Um, If you haven't um, voted in the poll yet, please do. It's in the chat here as we're talking. It's also over on Twitter. Um, So we know that LeVar Burton is doing Trivial Pursuit. I want to know what other Star Trek actors and board game combinations we we think might, you know, might have some legs. Please tell me. All right. So, uh, right. So that's the, that's the news. It was, uh, you know, a relatively quiet-ish week. Um, and like I said, we're not doing show and tell. I do want to take a quick break to remind you that this show and all the stuff around it, the website and everything is uh, supported by folks like you through Patreon. Uh, You can uh, support us from just a dollar a month or for an entire year for just about $10. Um, You can find out more about that at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. I would really appreciate that uh, if you would uh, check that out. So... Yeah, I mean, you could argue that like everything behind me is show and tell, but no, I'm not doing show and tell this week. Um, And that is because I would like to talk in some depth about um, the Netflix discovery thing. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast, it might get a bit strange because I'm going to flip over and I'm actually going to try and pay attention to folks in the chat. Uh, If you guys want to ask me questions or whatever, uh, please do. I'll try and keep up with it. Um, we, d- I do have super chat enabled. So if you want to harass me, for instance, um, please make sure you just do that through super chat. So afterwards I can go and like get a boba and cry myself to sleep or something. But, uh, cause I know this is about to dive into a, a little bit of a controversial topic. Um, okay. So we know what happened. Um, Star Trek discovery got pulled with very little fanfare. Um, I, I mean, really, what happened this week was pretty much the most traumatic possible way that it could have happened for international fans. Um, I mean, they, the the fact that they had the entire cast out in London promoting the show, and then two days later it was sort of unceremoniously pulled from that platform was is just heartbreaking. If you're a fan of that show. Um, Spoiler alert for the upcoming discussion, um, I I actually think that Viacom CBS did the right thing here, um, albeit in the most painful, awful way for a lot of people. I think they did hurt a lot of people and I also think that both of those things can exist at the same time. So spoiler alert, um, I also want to give a little bit of a disclaimer and say that I am, if you watch this show at all, if you've been reading the website for the couple of years that I've done this, you'll know that I'm a huge, huge fan of the Viacom CBS business model. I am a huge fan of the way Star Trek does their business. Um, I'm not paid by CBS or anything like that, but I, I am approaching this from a, from somebody who's who's a fan of that business model. Um, I'm also not a huge fan of Discovery, so you know I'm I'm looking at it from a pretty Um, emotionally neutral point of view. Um, I also live in the United States. So if I want to watch Discovery, I can do it. Um, It is also important to say that I did live in the UK for a long time, and I have been on the receiving end of these kind of wars. Uh, (laughs) I was heartbroken when I was halfway through watching Voyager and I got unceremoniously pulled from Netflix a few years back. Um, I've also had to deal with other shows that I've liked being moved from one service to another and losing access. So I'm not unsympathetic, but I just wanted to kind of explain, you know, where I'm coming from on the whole thing. Um, right. I'm going (laughs) to take a sip of water. Okay. So I just, okay. Forgive me. I have a huge amount of notes because I want to make sure that I don't forget anything or go out of order. Journey with me back in time. We're going to start at the beginning. So, July of 2016, when uh, Star Trek Discovery was in its infancy and the Star Trek universe was just a twinkle in Alex Kurtzman's eyes, um, July of 2016 was when CBS and Netflix announced that they had inked a mega deal that would bring all of the Star Trek shows onto Netflix and bundled in there was an exclusivity deal with Star Trek Discovery. So they got exclusive rights to show um, Discovery outside of the United States and Canada. And they got all other shows too, which at the time was 727 episodes of Star Trek. Um, This was a gigantic deal. It was seen as a huge, like major move for Netflix. And at the time, it was generally reported by the big Hollywood rags that this deal basically bankrolled all of Discovery. (laughs) You know, Discovery was uh, a hugely, and continues to be a hugely expensive show to make, and generally speaking, the feeling, and I don't know what the deal was, was that that deal with Netflix and their exclusivity paid for the first season of Discovery. Now, all of you are probably well aware that Discovery basically paid for the lo- for CBS All Access becoming what it was because Discovery Season 1 led to Discovery Season 2, led to Picard and Short Treks and Strange New Worlds and everything else. Um, and if you, if you connect the dots from over here to over here, the upshot is that Netflix basically paid for its rival to start up. Um, and that's got to sting a lot right now. Um, but we're not there yet. We're still in July of 2016. So. At the time, Discovery wasn't a thing. It was expected to start in January of 2017. It was all exciting because it's going to be 1701. And then, of course, that didn't happen. (laughs) There was quite a lot of turmoil with Star Trek Discovery. Um, Anyway, uh, Discovery eventually premiered in September of 2017. And it was almost simultaneous uh, with Netflix uh, in the international countries. Um, And everything was going smoothly. That was great. So that was fine. Um, Discovery season one finished about February of 2018. And, you know, okay, so we've got pretty used to the seasons happening on like a yearly ish basis right now. Such was not the case at the time. I think we knew that there was going to be a season two, but we didn't know when that was going to be. And we actually didn't get season two of Star Trek Discovery until uh, then the another a whole another year. So it was January of 2019. So what was going on in 2018, uh some other stuff that probably was seemingly innocuous at the time. Um the the big one was <laughs> and I'll tell you this now and we'll revisit it later. Um at the time Sky, which is a big network in the UK uh and I believe Europe as well, which used to be a Rupert Murdoch owned um, uh, business. Um, they were trying to take it over and there were some complications because this was around the time that Disney was buying 20th Century Fox. Long story short, Comcast bought Sky. Comcast, of course, being one of the big rival companies to Viacom CBS, which is, you know, like basically like old school, old Hollywood television money, right? So that happened in September of 2018. Comcast took over Sky. Just put a pin in that one. October of that year short tracks premiered so this was the sort of um, the the there's the a smoothing factor between uh, discovery which had finished in February and we weren't expecting to get it back until the next year so we got short tracks the, the short ones in between um, and now if you remember back um, we short tracks didn't have a deal <laughs> So Netflix had Discovery, but they did not have Short Treks. Uh, Short Treks wouldn't premiere and start. Uh, sorry, on Netflix until January of 2019, around the same time as season two of Discovery. But it was hardly it's like standalone thing. It was really hard to find. Apparently at the time, I I wasn't there, so I don't know. Correct me, please. Um, so that's what happened. So so we're still on Netflix here, right? Um, this is now. We're, I'm sorry, I'm losing my track. Okay, 2019 in January 2019, we're, we've got uh, season two of Discovery is going. Short Treks is going on Netflix, um, and that's what we got. Then April happened, and this is where start, things start to get really interesting. Is around about April 2019, and I and that isn't just because that's when Daily Star Trek News started. It's completely coincidental. But um, one of the very first articles that I wrote was about the fact that did you know that Viacom, and keep in mind this is way pre merger, uh, Viacom had a little known streaming service called Paramount Plus. And it basically only existed in the Nordic countries and it was pretty niche um, and they had, in April of 2019, they announced that they were expanding Paramount Plus to Latin America. Now at the time, this was like, unless you were really following the streaming wars, that would not come up on your radar because who cares? Right. Uh, especially for Star Trek people, we, you know, it was Viacom owned the movies, but through Paramount and CBS owned Star Trek television, you know, through CBS. Um, but if you're watching this from like a big, like multi-year global expansion kind of mindset, you know, they're clearly um, they're taking a really interesting tack around 2019 by, you um, Focusing on underrepresentative or underreached groups by traditional streamers other than people like Amazon and Netflix. So they're kind of coming in from the sideways, not the direct route. And that was really fascinating to me. And remember, we're like pre merger by now. So by May of 2019, things are actually heating up a lot in Star Trek land. So we've had two seasons of Star Trek Discovery. Um, May of 2019, they established the Star Trek Global Franchise Group. At this point, we already knew about um, the animated series and the Section 31 show. Uh, Picard had been announced Um in the in the STLV in 2018. So things were really heating up for Star Trek universe in May of 2019, when (laughs) it was announced that Star Trek Picard would be streaming on Amazon uh, internationally. And at the time, if you were part of this, you would remember that it was like a huge, huge deal Um, Not quite as huge as what happened this week, but it was a huge deal because people were pissed. They are, I mean, we're already paying for Netflix. We've got our Star Trek. We have two years and short treks worth of discovery um, as precedent. And you're going to make me pay for another service? No way. Anyway, people were mad. um, But... Couple the Paramount plus expansion with the Picard moving to Amazon expansion and you're starting to get a picture of the strategy here, which is to divest from Netflix. So fast forward a couple of months and it was August of 2019 that they finally announced that Viacom and CBS would be merging to form ViacomCBS. Now, Generally speaking, this was a really exciting thing for Star Trek fans because we're like, yeah, the movies and the TV shows are going to be finally under one roof. And it's (laughs) it's actually taken. So it was August of 2019, and we are now in November of 2021, and we have just managed to get all the movies and TV shows onto one service. It's slow moving. Uh, Anyway, I wanted to remind you about the merger because at the time... Um, here's what they said Were there three big pillars of strategy when they, when they brought the two companies together, they're going to leverage the best parts of both companies to do these three things. Number one, accelerate their direct to consumer strategy. Now this is streaming services. This is, it's basically getting their content into people's eyeballs directly without a middleman. So not having to pay for affiliates. Number two, uh, enhance distribution and advertising opportunities. And this is basically maximizing the exposure on multiple platforms of all of their properties so that they can have um, creative offers for their advertisers and we they can leverage their ecosystem to, to make interesting deals with advertisers that are maybe a little non-traditional. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the third one is create a leading producer and licensor of premium content to third parties worldwide. And in short, this basically means that CBS was producing content and they're selling it to other people. So there was that uh, kid, pr- no, it was not kid president. That's a different thing. There was a, a president show on Disney Plus that they sold. Um, before the merger, this was um, uh, Prodigy. They, they were creating a show uh, using CBSI animation. They were selling it to Nickelodeon. Of course, that's come back now, but that's beside the point. Anyway, um, the the point being that they were um, that diversifying their uh, outside of the U.S. Um, carry the carriers who were carrying Star Trek was absolutely uh, dovetailed right into the strategy that they were saying with um, with the merger in, in, in 2019. It's a combination of accelerating direct to consumer strategy and also licensing content to th- to, to third party um, providers. All of that um, would be finalized a couple months later. And of course, you know, we take for granted now that it's Viacom CVS, right? It's, you know, things move fast. So, following Picard come, or well, following the announcement that Picard would come out on Amazon, uh, we still started to see some more cracks. Um, Star Trek Short Track Season 2. Uh, to my knowledge, has not ever aired internationally outside of the like physical media. So please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong because um, I I can't remember. But I couldn't find where it had aired um, internationally. I don't believe it was on Netflix. Um, and so the international fans just completely missed out on season two, which is a real problem because uh, the 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 prequel ones they had a prequel to Picard. Uh, season one was in there. Uh, Then of course, in January, Picard premiered on Amazon and they did a great job. Some some of their marketing stuff in January of 2020 was wonderful. Uh, They renamed a tube station Picardilly Circus, I believe. Um, so that was January twenty twenty, uh, shortly before the world got set on fire. Um, and so what we kind of have now is a in January of twenty twenty is a split. You've got Star Trek Discovery um, and Short Track, so ostensibly on Netflix, and you've got Picard um, on Amazon. Excuse me. <clears throat> So um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but like not a lot happened in uh, in business between January and September of 2020, um, mostly because we were all under threat from a deadly pandemic, and we still are. So go get vaccinated and wear a mask. But in uh, September of 2020 um, was when Paramount, uh, well Viacom CBS announced that CBS All Access would be rebranded as Paramount+. Plus. Now, I will admit to being surprised by the name. I'm surprised that they stuck with Paramount+. Plus. Uh, however, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that that's where they were going. I mean, this is, what they, this is what they were gearing up for in April of 2019, was establish in smaller markets and then ever, eventually conglomerate everything into one big multinational streaming service. So that was September of 2020. October of 2020 discovery season three aired and it aired on Netflix as well um did I miss I missed the premiere of Lower Decks yes I missed the premiere of Lower Decks my apologies because that happened in August of 2020 with no international anything and at the time they 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 attributed that to the change in schedule so um during the pandemic, uh, Discovery had finished filming season three, but they had not done post production, um, and so that it took longer to do. Uh, Lower Decks was slated to appear. I think it was going to be Discovery and then Lower Decks, but because of dealing with the production logistics around COVID nineteen, uh, Lower Decks went first. Lower Decks went in August, um, and the 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 line at the time was that. Basically, all those deals that happen that allow it to be broadcast internationally, like, weren't ready yet. (laughs) Um, Mike McMahon basically said that um, in an interview. So Discovery Season 3 came out, um, and finally in December 2020, they announced that Lower Decks was going to be available again on Amazon. So no new deals for Netflix are happening right now. It's all sort of happening towards Amazon. And coincidentally, with this in December of 2020, Viacom CBS inked a major deal with Amazon Web Services that would see them provide infrastructure for streaming services globally. This is a really, really big deal because it was at the time, it sort of signaled the intent that Viacom CBS was taking it super, super seriously, their expansion across the globe. Um, and signing on with a third party like Amazon Web Services is a really good way to do that because it allows them to sort of leverage their existing experience and accelerate into those markets. I want to say a disclaimer, I don't know whether Amazon Web Services has anything to do with Amazon Prime Video, probably not, but they do both say Amazon, is all I'm saying. Um, So just a really quick recap, the, the end of 2020, what was going on there, we had Discovery Season 3 was happening on Paramount Plus and Netflix. Lower Decks was going over to Amazon, finally. And there was a big deal with Amazon Web Services for international um, infrastructure distribution. Right. I need, a, I need a drink of water. Hang on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. So at the beginning of 2021... Basically, where we're at is if, if you weren't, if you're not thinking strategically, it's actually Star Trek's in a really good place. Now, it's not in a really great service place for international fans, because if you want to watch all of Star Trek, you need to subscribe to uh, at least two different services, right? But from a business perspective, it's really strong. And, and Viacom CBS, remember, one of their big pillars when they said that um, when they merged the, the two companies together was accelerating their direct-to-consumer strategy. I don't think anybody blames them or is surprised by the fact that they're probably one of their biggest priorities right now is getting Paramount Plus rolled out as quickly as possible in as many places as possible. But what they had to support that was um, licensing deals with both Amazon and Netflix and, you know, which is uh, great from a business perspective because they can play off one another. Um, And it was all sort of big and stable and hunky dory. So then they decided to take it to kick it up a notch Um, and uh, they launched Paramount Plus that happened in March of 2021. Believe it or not, that was this year. Believe it or not. Um, So uh, Paramount Plus uh, 2021, right? So things have kind of stabilized. They've been doing a relatively decent job, at least in the United States, of pulling everything back onto Paramount Plus and um, getting it all in one place. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, we now have all of the TV shows and all of the movies, including the Kelvin Timeline ones, all back together, which is great. This is what the fans had been begging for for literally years, if not decades. Yay! Right? (laughs) Um, Not so because um, doing that kind of thing globally takes a lot of money. So in July of 2021, July of this year, uh, there were rumors flying around Hollywood um, that I think were pretty much ultimately unfounded but probably came from a good place that Comcast who run the even smaller streaming service Peacock and Viacom, CBS, who, of course, run Paramount+, uh, there were rumors that they were going to try and team up um, and <laughs> have kind of a marriage of convenience, as it were, um, in, in an attempt to start chipping away at the market share of, you know, the really, really big guys, Amazon Prime Video, Netflix, Disney+. Plus. Um, those those rumors were ultimately unfounded. I mean, they didn't like do a merger or anything, although who knows what will happen in the future. But it's significant to mention because if you remember back to 2018 when uh, Comcast purchased Sky, it was only a month later that a big deal between Viacom CBS and Sky was announced in in Europe to bring Paramount Plus, to those regions via the Sky platform. And so it was a huge, huge deal. Um, You'd be forgiven for thinking to yourself at this point, well, hang on, (laughs) what does Netflix think about all of this? Um, They weren't happy because a month after that, three really big Star Trek series got dumped off Netflix. And I I, say, I, I shouldn't say dumped off Netflix because we don't know what that deal looked like. I don't know whether that was Netflix saying we're not having these anymore. I don't know whether that was Viacom CBS saying we're going to start pulling these back. We don't know. We don't know what those deals were. But uh, Voyager, uh, Enterprise and the original series, which is a big one, um, left Netflix uh, internationally as of September of 2021. So uh, now, <laughs> coming out of September, we have a very, very different look of what's happening in the streaming services internationally. So Comcast and Viacom CBS, kind of by proxy, two of the just really biggest entertainment companies in the United States, they have teamed up to basically cut Netflix out of the deal and remember that Netflix is kind of like a like a like a little snotty upstart by comparison to both of these guys. And don't forget that Netflix basically created Paramount Plus. I mean Netflix bankrolled Star Trek Discovery, which is pretty much responsible for the entire success of CBS All Access and by extension Paramount+. Plus. There is a lot of like um, negative feelings happening around here. Um, and we have this uh, split presentation for fans where you've got uh, Picard and, and Short Treks and um, Strange New Worlds are going to be on Amazon. And then you've just got Discovery and the older shows on uh, Netflix uh, it, it, it was never going to be sustainable. And then, of course, the other shoe dropped. And just this week, uh, they announced that Discovery would not be airing on Netflix. I think in hindsight, Discovery leaving Netflix was a foregone conclusion. Uh, I think the question was going to be when Uh, And, you know, Paramount Plus is about to launch on Sky. It's not there yet. It's going to happen soon. We've said early 2022. It's a really awkward situation because there's no way Netflix is going to honor exclusivity. Um, They're not going to allow Paramount Plus to have Discovery when they have an exclusive agreement. Um, What are you going to do? Start Discovery now. And then, what, are you going to do delay the launch of Paramount Plus? You're going to launch it without Discovery? It, it, there, was no, there was no good solution here. Um, and ultimately, you know, it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And the fans get caught in the middle because, you know... We're talking about like chess on an international gigantic corporation level, and you know, the, the fans like us are just sort of on, on the bottom of that. I don't know. Um, I would, I would hasten to point out that you know, I think all the vitriol against Viacom CBS is uh not entirely justified. I, you know, I mean, they did hurt people, so whatever. But please keep in mind that Netflix has a tremendous amount of motivation to make this whole move as painful as possible for both Sky and Viacom ViacomCBS. Um, like I said, they spent a lot of money basically bankrolling their competition who have now cut them out of the deal. So just keep that in mind <laughs> when you're searching for a place to direct your anger. Just, you know, keep that in mind. Um, and, and like I said, we don't know the details of any of these deals And we probably never will. Uh, So what about everybody who got left behind? Uh, I don't know. Uh, The hard truth of the whole thing is that uh, somebody at some point, at some level, somewhere decided that those markets, that it was fine to make this move. It didn't really matter if you got pissed off. Somebody made that decision or a group of people made that decision. And honestly, until Star Trek becomes a completely independent production company for itself that's a charitable organization that's always going to be true and somebody's always going to get hurt, Um, I'm genuinely sorry for people who are just traumatized by the entire event and I just hope everybody's able to kind of move on from it and, I don't know, get better. We'll see. Anyway, (laughs) that is my gigantic, huge rant. Um, I'm sorry, I actually haven't been looking at the chat because um, I'm, you know, I was kind of in my own head with trying to keep up with all of the news and what had happened when and all that other stuff. Um, It's a really, you know, somebody's going to write a book about this in, in years time. It's really, really fascinating how you know, from the point of view, somebody who's a consumer of this media, it can be life. You know, the, the fandom has grown up around Star Trek and our, our friends and our social structure and our businesses at some point are built around, um, you know, this thing that this other company created. Uh, and then ultimately they're using it as a chess piece um, to to build this gigantic empire. Um yeah, I'm gonna just take a break for a second. <laughs> Thank you all um for, for sticking around and, and listening. Um I have limited ability to scroll back. So um if you guys have comments or questions or if you just wanna tell me I'm super, super wrong, please um please do that in the chat now while I try to kind of scroll back um, I can see a few familiar faces um, in the chat. Um, uh, while you guys are uh, asking questions or thinking of things to to say, uh, I do want to mention. So Anne is in the chat today. Hi Anne. Uh, Anne and I earlier today actually had a really really great discussion over Zoom about um, uh, how they how Star Trek treats um, disabled people and particularly her experience as a as a blind fan. And um, I'm gonna edit that up over the next week or so and and put that out for you guys to listen to. It was really really interesting I thought uh, discussion on on how Star Trek treats people who are differently abled so um yeah look out for that um right I'm just gonna shout out hey T-Rick Jones is in the chat today um T if you guys are not aware is the is the guy who is um making a name for himself doing all the trivia and history at Daily Star Trek News Uh, He's also doing all sorts of uh, odd jobs for me behind the scenes, too. So please say hi to T and uh, give him a round of applause because he's awesome. And so T made a comment in the chat. Allison must have strands of string running all, all over a room of her house pinned to pictures of Paramount CEOs and dates and streaming services like a conspiracy. I was literally discussing this not 20 minutes before I went live how what I need to do is get like like Mariner did in Lower Decks and I just I want to put up a bulletin board back here with all of the things that are sort of um, intertwined. Um, it's, you know, actually a lot of that, that, that red string and everything just exists in my mind. I I find the whole thing just completely, completely fascinating. I talk about it forever, but I'm not gonna. Anyway. Okay, right, guys, I'm really, really tired. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut it off here. Um, I would love to hear what you think if you think I'm wrong, or if you think I'm right, or whatever. Um, We can keep the conversation going down in the comments. or just drop me an email. That that works too. Um, just uh, to remind you all, um, before I get into the poll. Uh, if you hadn't heard through the newsletter um, this week, we're taking off uh, because um, we, you know, we, we get tired because there's a lot of Star Trek news. <laughs> so we're taking this whole week off in observance of the Thanksgiving holiday. So you won't hear, uh, the the blog won't be going or anything like that. I am not doing a live show next uh, weekend, uh, so I won't be back here until, oh God, the 4th the 4th of December, I'll be back here doing the live stream. And, um, but we will start, um, the, uh, articles back up on the website and the newsletter will start back up on the 29th or the, whatever the Monday is, whether that's the 28th or 29th, I can't remember. Uh, so, uh, I hope, uh, I hope you guys all have a really great, um, Thanksgiving holiday and, um, Sorry, but we won't be here next week. Right, so what are we doing with the poll? Um, I'm going to give you guys just one or two more minutes to get your votes in if you haven't already on the poll. Once again, it's the what other Star Trek actor and board game combination (laughs) would you like to see turned into a TV show? And your choices are uh, Gates McFadden and Operation, Michael Dorn and Battleship. Armin Shimmerman and monopoly and William Shatner and risk. Okay. So go vote. I'm going to check in on what's happening on the Twitter, the old Twitter. Okay. So this one's, this one's open for a little while longer, seven hours left. So if you want to go vote over there, if you think we're wrong over here, you can do that too. So, uh, currently in the lead with 48.8% of the vote is Armin Shimmerman and monopoly, uh, Christoph, Christoph points out that I misspelled Dabo as monopoly. <laughs> um, in second place with 31.7% of the vote is Michael Dorn and Battleship. Uh, Gates McFadden and operation comes in at, in third place at 12.2% and William Shatner and risk is a, a poultry 7.3%. All right. I'm ending the poll. Uh, Okay, so, final results of the poll in the chat today. Um, Armin Shimmerman and Monopoly is in the lead with 47%. It's a Star Trek joke. Uh, Michael Dornan Battleship is coming in second place at 26%. William Shatner and Risk comes in at 17%. And Gates McFadden and Operation is at uh, 8%. Um, yeah, Wardogheim, uh, thank you. He says there's not enough smashing of the like button in here. Yeah, smash that like button, <laughs> smash, smash that subscribe button. God, I really can't do that. I am not uh, like I'm not a 23 year old boy. I just can't do that with a straight face. I'm a grown woman. But if you did want to uh, gently press the like button and then share this video with your friends, I'd appreciate it. So there. Yeah. All right. That's enough from me. I've waffled on for almost an hour, people. Thank you for listening to me ranting. Um, It was actually a really enjoyable time to go back through and recap the last several years of uh, Star Trek and streaming history. It was kind of a fun trip down memory lane. Uh, Most of the stories that I talked about in that that piece are actually from DailyStarTrekNews.com. Of course, we didn't start covering them until April of 2019, um, but a lot of that stuff is in there, so you can go back down that rabbit hole yourself if you so desire. Anyway, that is it for this week in Daily Star Trek News. Thank you for listening. Just a reminder that if you are listening to this on the podcast and you've lasted this long, uh, you should come and join us on YouTube for the live stream. We do that uh, every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Daily Star Trek News. Of course, not next week, but I already covered that. Uh, We'll be back here on December 4th. Um, Remember, you can also find all of this week's stories, uh, including the ones that I covered here uh, and some more, some other ones as well. Those are all on dailystartreknews.com. We've got links to all of the uh, original stories uh, and some additional pictures and videos where applicable. We've also got the the week's events listing and occasionally the old uh, Star Trek history every week too. Um, If you're missing your daily fix uh, from when we used to do the daily show on YouTube, uh, then please uh, check out the Daily Star Trek newsletter. You can sign up for that at dailystartreknews.com forward slash contact. It's totally free. Uh, The only thing I take from you is your email address um, and it comes to your inbox um, every every weekday morning. Uh, Anyway, thank you again for listening. This show is produced by me, Allison Pitt, and the stories are written by Chris Peterson, Marina Kravchuk, Jack Brown, uh, T. Rick Jones, and David Powell. Uh, Today's show, of course, was supported by people like you through Patreon. And if you would like to support more of what we do, uh, please consider uh, joining us for just a dollar a month, or about $10 a year. You can find out more at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Now, I will be back in two weeks time with more of the Star Trek news you need to know and and show and tell. I'll bring back show and tell too. <laughs> um, thank you very much for joining me as usual. Uh, I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.